This podcast is supported by an educational grant from Bosch Health, made available through the CDA Corporate Supporter Program. Welcome back to the JCMS Podcast. I'm Kirk Barber, the editor of the journal Cutaneous Medicine and Surgery. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to speak with Michelle Ramian, the lead author of another article that was selected for CME credit in the November-December 2018 issue of our journal. The article I selected for CME is entitled Usability, Satisfaction, and Usefulness of an Illustrated Eczema Action Plan. I selected it because I think this is really going to be helpful to clinicians when we finally see a validated and reproducible um, action plan. As you recall, in the March-April 2018, the first phase of the action plan was brought forward with the illustrations. The article was authored by Dr. Ramian out of the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario with a a group of her co-authors. I'm very happy that Michelle is with me now to speak about this research. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you very much for uh, joining me. I really uh, appreciate your taking the time out of your your day to to walk us through your your publication. Um, An eczema plan. Whatever got you thinking about wanting to do that sort of thing? I think virtually any dermatologist who has been in practice for long enough, um, and particularly people who see children, would see the unmet need for a more efficient way to provide effective care for patients who have eczema. And that was really what led to this project. So at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, we have a huge population of eczema patients, much like a lot of community practices and a lot of other academic centers. And we were finding that these patients were making up over 50% of our visits. So we were trying, we With our eczema action plan, we were attempting to provide the same level of care that they would get in a tertiary center visit in a more efficient and more durable way. When when you started this, it 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 was a number of years ago, and you've been four or five years putting this together. I understand, and our our first introduction um, in the journal was in March of 2017 when we published the illustrations of this. And and um, when you start using these eczema action plans, I I um, I read I've read the literature. They say they work. What was your What was your thought? Did it really improve the ability of people to look after themselves and their children? So uh, my clinical feeling is that yes. Uh, The evidence also points to the fact that eczema action plans improve outcomes and also improve patient satisfaction with care. But I I think going back to, you alluded to the fact that we published uh, previously on the the validation of the pictograms or the images that are included in our action plan about a year ago. But the work on that actually started many years prior because uh, we went through a very rigorous validation methodology to ensure that the action plan was something that would be useful and understood by patients. And and that is what makes our action plan unique as compared to the existing action plans. It's really the fact that patients were involved in the development of the plan from the very beginning. And we we also sought input from, for example, pharmacists and emergency doctors who also see a lot of patients with eczema to see what kind of information and what things could be included in the eczema action plan to make 
their care more comprehensive and also efficient. So do I think that these action, an eczema action plan helps patients? I do. Um, and part of the reason I think that our plan is particularly helpful is because we got input from patients on what to put in it. It wasn't just, so for, I can give you a good example of it actually. We thought that one of the, um, we, when we were des designing the eczema action plan, we had key concepts that we wanted to illustrate. And for example, one of them, uh, one of the concepts was about taking cream out of a small, out of taking cream out of a, a vial or out of a, out of a container using uh, using a, a clean method, basically not sticking your hand into the tub of cream. So initially, we thought that the easiest method for a patient to do this at home would be with a spoon. So we had a pictogram that was a patient who was holding a tub of cream and taking cream out with a spoon. But obviously, this was interpreted by most patients as eat ice cream and your eczema will get better. So we had to adapt some of the images um, some of the concepts that we felt that I think as physicians we think might be very clear, as dermatologists we think might be very clear, that don't make sense when you try to translate them in, into a single image. Well, I, I note the painstaking detail in both articles um, and, and, and the duration of time. I mean, I, can, I can't wait to see it. And and, uh, and you've got to get it published uh, soon because it's with great anticipation that we're we're all looking at it because those pictures were were fabulous and the fact to get the pictures to to where a hundred percent or very close to people actually recognize what to do based on the pictures I would have never thought that it took that kind of effort but clearly it did and then your reading level. Your reading level, yes. is, I, I read with, with a bit of humor, you, you, you're doing it at a grade five level or below a grade mm -hmm. five level. And then one of the limitations you say in, in, in somewhere in, in the discussion was the, um, in Ottawa, they have a very high uh, literacy level. And I, I sort of have to smile um, because you made it for a grade five level in, in this high literary yes. uh, um, or literal area, if you will. Um, so it, 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 I won't make any political comments about that at present, but it, it, did, it did strike me as a bit odd, but I understand why I had to go to grade five. And then you said, the better the reader, mm -hmm. the less likely they were to, not less likely, but they also needed pictures. Even though you got it down to a grade five level, the pictures are really appreciated. So will that be the centerpiece of the, uh, of the eczema action plan? You mean the, the pictures? The photographs, or yeah, the, the pictures, the, the, the illustrations. Yes, the pictures. So with, pic, with images, there's the picture superiority effect, which has been well established. And so even patients who are, or patients or caregivers who are very good readers, they benefit from that additional reinforcement with images. So the kind of cornerstone of developing this eczema action plan, I guess one of the cornerstones was that we had patient input. But the images are what really make it accessible and also a tool that functions as a memory aid and a way to reinforce the need for treatment and the concepts of treatment. So would you have used this uh, in the clinic as a, as a teaching tool um, to, to you know, write out what you wanted the person to do and, or their caregiver, and then they take it home as a reminder? 
what served the best yes. purpose or were they both useful? Yeah, so when we first developed this action plan, um, there was there was not a lot of EMR. So five years ago, EMRs were used a lot less than they are used now. And that was when we started working on this eczema action plan. And so in fact, the eczema action plan was designed as four carbon copies that would be distributed to the patient. One patient, one copy would go to the patient as a, they would take it home as a reminder of what they were supposed to do for what level of eczema, for example, and then the general measures. Another copy would go to the family physician as a documentation of their visit. And so that we would have coordinated care. Everyone would know that what specific instructions had been given. The third copy would go to the pharmacist so that the pharmacist, instead of providing their own counseling based on their knowledge of the medication, would hopefully be able to adapt their counseling for the directions that we had given. And then the fourth copy would go to medical records and remain part of the medical chart. So it was also meant to be, it was meant to be a tool that improves education and prescription processes, but also increases your efficiency because you wouldn't necessarily have to write out everything that you had done in the medical note again. So five five years on, yes, how five are you going to change on. all this? Yes, we are looking at ways. So in our, so we are currently uh, doing a pilot study to look at objective outcomes, um, objective eczema outcomes using an eczema action plan compared to routine care in the dermatology clinic. And in the for this project, what we've been doing is using a PDF version that's scanned into the EMR and can be checked. We there are kind of check boxes or boxes that need to be initialed, and then it can be printed out in multiple copies and distributed in the same fashion. But it probably, the technology may need to be improved going forwards. So I, I envision in a busy community practice, this being an incredibly useful tool that you would you would use as you're teaching somebody how to do what they need to do, and then you would give it to them and they would leave and take it home. And those would be the principal bits. Um, the pharmacist and the um, and the referring physician would be less important in this because they may be well. First off, they may not have a pharmacy they go to regularly, or two, they might not even have a physician they go to regularly. So, do you have? Are you envisioning an electronic version of this um, plan with the pictures, and somebody could go home and you know Google it or look it up uh, somewhere? Yes. Yeah, so I think. That what we had planned for this eczema action plan would be that it would be available to be available, obviously, free of charge to dermatologists or other um, healthcare practitioners who wanted to use it. But um, I, and that I guess patients could print it at home and bring it to their appointment and have it completed. But it it does meet all of the criteria to be used as a prescription. So in terms of translating it into an electronic form. That is uh, probably a few steps down the line because we would need to verify with our pharmacy. We have collaborators in pharmacy that it would still meet the requirements to function as a prescription. Because I think one of the strengths of having an eczema action plan that goes out in multiple copies to different people, different members of the circle of care, is that you get a cohesive management plan rather than, for example, the patient going to the pharmacist who tells them only to use the cortisone cream for two to three days and, you know, makes them very concerned about adverse effects. So it's a it's a backdoor into educating the pharmacists about um, about the medication it and is, how we, it is, how right. we use them. And I think it is a broader, it can be used as a broader education tool. So it is helpful for 
patients, but also for, for example, family doctors or pediatricians who are less comfortable prescribing medications for eczema, the, they have checkboxes. So they can choose options that are appropriate for, for example, mild, moderate, or, or mild, mild flares or severe flares of eczema, but they, have pre, they can kind of pre-select amongst the options. They don't have to write out what, exactly what they want. So it's also a learning tool, I think, for community providers, not necessarily dermatologists, who might be less familiar with treating and prescribing for eczema. So the burning question I have is, when do I get to use it? It sounds it sounds like it's an ideal thing. And I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm fearful this is going to take another two or three years th- before I can get my hands on it. So I, I hope that it won't be two or three years. Um, the validation process, we're, we're very fortunate to have co- collaborations with the pharmacy division or department at uh, the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, and they really insisted on this rigorous methodology so that moving forwards, this would be, we would be using an an evidence-based or a validated uh, plan. And that is part of what what led to the, I guess, long uh, run-in time to having a, a complete eczema action plan available. Our pilot study is actually mostly complete. I suspect it will be done by the end of 2019. And after that, we had planned just to make it available with a few adaptations based on what we see in the in the pilot study. Yeah, so you so I can see this being version one, version two, version three, and yes. so on as 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 people start to actually use the tool in, in clinical mm-hmm. practice. And refine it. So yeah. um I would I would once again urge you to get it out there because uh, it's something that uh, is so needed in, in in our community, right? And I think patients yes. will really benefit because they'll start to use it and 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 teach the pharmacists. I think that's one of our biggest problems. Uh, I'm sure you uh, would agree, but it, it, a lot of the times the pharmacy is the stumbling block to effective care um, yes. because they scare people with this steroid phobia and this stuff about calcineurin inhibitors and all that sort of information. Yes. Yeah. So, Well, by providing, I think by providing the directions on how to use the medications, it also takes a little bit, hopefully for the pharmacists, it makes them feel more comfortable with our prescription practices. And in some ways, I probably removes the onus or responsibility off of them a little bit. So perhaps they'll feel more comfortable filling our prescriptions without providing all of those scary warnings. Okay, well, what else? Do you, you know, you've learned a tremendous amount about doing validated research and creating a validated <laughs> tool. And so now we understand when we do any kind of research, what it goes, what goes into really what sounds like very simple stuff in order to to do all this validation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, do you think that um, this thing will have a life? Is there somebody that's going to carry on after you decide, okay, well, I'm, I'm moving on to other things? Is there somebody in charge of it? So will? I hope not to move on to other things. I mean, okay. I really, uh, eczema, therapeutic education for eczema is one of the areas of pediatric dermatology that I'm very invested in. And I feel like we can make a big difference for people who have eczema. And this is one of the ways that we can make a difference as part of a, maybe a more comprehensive approach. Uh, but I can see I can see future spin-off projects coming out of this eczema action plan. Uh, for example, validating it in different populations, uh, different in different languages and possibly in different countries even. I mean, there is some interest through the 
Foundation for Atopic Dermatitis, which is based out of France in adapting our eczema action plan for use in a broader audience as well. So I think it shouldn't be a static eczema action plan. It should evolve to meet the needs of the of eczema patients as um, treatments evolve and as our technology evolves as well. Because like I said, this was designed as a carbon copy uh, prescription and it's not going to come out like that in the end. Yeah, um, I, I'm thinking maybe we should explain what carbon copy <laughs> is um, because it's been so long since I've since I've seen one. Um, so this so it's designed for uh, for use as a therapeutic tool, like to treat patients, right? Um, it's not a, it's I'm assuming it's not going to be designed as an outcome tool. No, I mean right presently, right? This is to make people better. This is to help people's lives. Um, to improve people's yes, lives. Yes, it's it's, so I think that we can improve outcomes with it, but it's not the primary objective of the eczema action plan. I think when patients are better educated, they can be, they can take ownership of the, their condition. They can feel empowered to do, to know with the knowledge that they need to care for themselves better. And even just that feeling of having some control over a condition that's chronic and very fluctuating over time can improve patients' quality of life. But ideally, it also improves their eczema if they follow the directions uh, properly or in, and adapt them to their particular situation. Have you um, made any um, advances towards the home group, this uh, harmonizing outcome measures for eczema group that meets multiple times a year from all over the world to try and figure out what the best um, outcome measures are going to be? There, has there been any interest expressed? Yeah, so when we des when we designed our pilot study, so I, I don't know that the home initiative is aware of our eczema action plan, um, but uh, when we designed our pilot study, we referenced the home um, the home proceedings from 2017, and we selected the easy and the SCORAD as our combined primary outcome because those were felt to be the best measures for grading eczema severity at the time of their last meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but there is obviously a lot of a lot of work to do promoting the eczema action plan and bringing it to a broader audience and hopefully improving it along the way. Once you get it out, it will promote itself. I'm quite confident of that. The amount of work you put into this has been outstanding. So thank you very much from my patients already um, that will benefit that are benefiting from these pictures. I, I, I do use the I do use the pictures now um, <laughs> to show people in, when they have there's language issues. And so the sooner I can have a look at your at this work, the better. And so I'm the end of 2019 couldn't come soon <laughs> enough. For this. Thank you for saying that. I I do want to acknowledge all of the people who contributed to this project. You know, Max Sauter, who initially uh, started this as a resident project and brought on Alana McAvoy, who was at the time a medical student, now a dermatology resident too. And Alana brought on Catherine McDonald, who is now a dermatology resident in Toronto. And Amanda Shelley was the most recent medical student working on our project. And I think she's applying for dermatology now. So maybe there's a bit of a plug for her. <laughs> and then, and then, and who were the, you had pharmacists involved too? Yes. So Regis Viancourt is the head pharmacist at Chio 
and he was involved in the development of the asthma and anaphylaxis action plans at CHEO and was a natural collaborator for this project. He also had Annie Puglio, who was a clinical pharmacist, working with him at the time. And our other major contributor was Roger Zemek from the emergency medicine department who worked on the asthma action plan. And I, I will also reach out to Nordo Kanigsberg, who I see him listed here, yes. who trained me um, when I was in Ottawa. Yes. So uh, so wonderful yes. uh, group uh, to work with, uh, I'm sure. And, and it, it's nice to have that enthusiasm, isn't it? When people, the medical students in, in particular, who really drive some of this stuff. Yes, well, Nordo, Nordo is really the father of this project. Um, he, he is the person who promoted it from the beginning when Max was a resident and, oh, and has always been extremely supportive, but also provides this clinical realism. For example, uh, when, we were, when we were looking, when we were agonizing over the semiotic analysis of the different images, he just said, we need to make this good for the patients. He, ne he never lost focus of what was really important. And I have to really give him credit for that because it has been a long process and he's been there since the beginning. Okay. Well, good for you to carry on the legacy. So thank you, Michelle. I know we got you at work and hauled you out of the clinic to join us. So uh, I'll let you get back to that. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks so much for your interest in our action plan. We're excited to bring it out to everyone. Dr. Michelle Ramian is a clinical associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Calgary. The work she described to us today was work that she performed when she was an associate or an assistant rather professor of pediatrics in, at the University of Ottawa and practicing at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. She's the co-author of the um, article entitled Usability satisfaction and usefulness of an illustrated eczema action plan. She makes reference to her co-authors as a, as a collaborative group of medical students, dermatology residents, and um, pharmacists, uh, period. Uh, and we also make special recognition the fact that Dr. Nordo Kanigsberg from Ottawa is really the founder and father of this clinical project. To my mind as a clinician, the key takeaway from our discussion was the fact that we will have a validated and it sounds like a very useful um, eczema action plan for uh, our patients, for, for our clinical use in, in, in our patients. I'll start again from To My Mind. To my mind as a clinician, the best thing I heard from the, the talk was that by the end of 29, we'll probably have an eczema action plan to use. I refer you back to our March 2018 issue of JCMS where the photographs and rather illustrations were um, reviewed and validated. And so you can start to understand the utility that this project will have for us. I think of this as another instance where Canadian researchers and clinicians are impacting the welfare of patients everywhere in the world. That's it for this episode of JCMS Author Interviews Podcast. I'm Kirk Barber. Thank you once again for listening. And until we meet next time, be good to each other. <laughs>